MotorCityGaming.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Dino Nine, and Jazzy Fiddle. GameZilla. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla studios, Jazzy Fiddle and producer Deadite Knight. If you smell what the Deadite is cooking. He's an idiot. (laughs) Hi, Jazzy. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I was doing all right until... That all went down. All right. Well, welcome. Now you're doing great. I understand. You are welcome. <laughs> well, welcome to the episode that Deadite wears a green shirt in front of a green screen. And also, welcome. I like green. It's my favorite color. It looks good on me. I look like a leprechaun. I am so. It's true. It's true. Welcome. I called them before the show. I was like, hey, we should match. Told them to wear a green plaid shirt. Now the truth is out there. I wasn't going to indict Jazzy on sabotage, but now that it's out there, yeah, he. he said he was also going to wear green so welcome to episode 190 of the gamezilla podcast brought to you by our lovely sponsors detroitbeardcollective.com not only is it a website it is your home for purchasing facial hair care products on the internet and having them shipped to your door. No more going out to some sort of artisan boutique and having to deal with some asshole that's like, ooh, these creams are made in Bavaria and shipped over. No, made right here in Detroit. DetroitBeardCollective.com Beard butters, beard elixirs, and, uh, you know, get your beard comb. Everything you need, have it put, customized. all the scents you want, all the things you want, into a beard crate. Get exactly what you need to get to take care of your beard. Have it shipped to your home, and use the checkout code MCGAMING to save 20% orders, $25 more. That's checkout code MCGAMING. No more going to artisan boutiques. Get the high-quality stuff sent directly to your door in a beard crate from DetroitBeardCollective.com. You can influence this podcast and get early access to all of GameZilla's products by supporting us on patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. You get cool perks like early access to a lot of our shows. We may or may not have a uh, you know special perk coming out for uh, the Noobs and Dragons show. Can't confirm or deny. It's happening. Um, <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> Confir- confirmed. Ooh. You can, you know, get tenured rewards. You can get entered into the monthly game giveaway. Or, if you're watching us on twitch.tv slash GameZilla Media, you get something cool and new. You get your name on the screen. It scrolls across the bottom. How cool is that? Brand new, live today. Yeah. Neat. Who else would want anything other than to support their local favorite podcast and, uh, you know, get their name. Oh, I might, ha- I might have to join the Patreon under the name Jazzy Sucks. Just so it's constantly <laughs> scrolling across the bottom. Hey, trust me, now that you just put that idea out there, someone else Someone's is going to do, do it. it. But, yep. but you can do it as well. All right. <laughs> Everyone change your name to Jazzy Sucks. Like one, two, three, five. You know, I know what? They're patrons. Exes, yeah. If they're patrons, I'm good with it. There you go. All right, cool. Well, uh, 
Yeah, let's get into some news. Oh no, sorry, some team talk. Whoa, team talk. I'm cutting. I'm I'm all over the place. I thought you were cutting out my favorite part. Yeah, well, well you know, well, team talk. You've been you've dropped the ball on Snake Pit, so I figured I'd just cut team talk out. So there's a difference between part. dropping the ball and cutting its head off and letting it die. Yeah. Well, all right, fine. Back to team talk. The, start, the brightest stars burn out the fastest, just gonna, like Snake Pit. We're gonna start with uh, Dead Eye here this week. How you been? What uh, what you been playing lately? I've been good. Still playing Shovel Knight, Axiom Verge on the Switch. Um, got into a little bit of uh, Ali Ali on my 3DS. I hadn't played that in like a year, and I was like, ooh, I love Ali Ali. So Ali you know, fun. that's a fun indie game. If you've never played it, uh, it's sort of like a very streamlined version of Tony Hawk in, in 2D. Uh, totally recommend it if you you're into skateboarding games, and uh, you know I don't want to steal your thunder for the highlights of your gaming week, so I think I'm just gonna I think I'm just gonna acquiesce. I think that's the the, the end of my my week. All right, fair enough. Uh, Jazzy Fiddle, how you been? I've been doing pretty good. Uh, I fired up this you know this not not too popular of a game. It's called League of Legends. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of old. Yeah. Old news, but a few people play it still. Yeah, I was I was able to hop back on some league. Um, Special shout out to Neo and friends of the show Joe and Eric. I was able to partner up with them. We had a four man squad going, and uh, we were playing really well. Uh, Nothing too new. The rotating game mode was uh, Snowdown, Um, Legend of the Poro, the Poro King one. Not my biggest, you know, my favorite uh, game mode, so didn't play any of that, but got to play a lot of ARAM, got to play a lot of normals, and uh, had a lot of fun. Other than that, um, Fortnite, Fortnite, and a lot more Fortnite. Um, I had some good moments in Fortnite, and I also had probably one of the uh, most toxic, tilting things that have happened to me in a game um, in a while, and that is, with the Battle Pass, they give you challenges. Well, with these challenges, uh, Epic has tried to get you to play all of their game modes in the Battle Royale. So you can queue in solo, you can queue in duo with a partner, or you can queue in as a squad with three other teammates. Well, some of the challenges force you to play squads. Well, if Grimlock and BMC and somebody else weren't on, I was still trying to complete these challenges to get my, my tier tokens without them. So I'd queue up with three random people in squads, and on four different occasions, I got uh, Friendly Fire killed by my team so they could take my loot. <laughs> and it was awful. So it's just like playing with your friends. It's pretty much <laughs> like playing with Cable Quiet. and <laughs> Jesse hasn't caught on to what I do yet. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I've been, I've been, I've had that happen only a couple times. But it, it does seem to be maybe this new thing that's going around uh, that's going to be Epic's next problem, right? Because how do you combat that? Because if you think about it, yeah, you go into a round, you have two, three randoms with you, you let them get stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go and you murder them all, you take all the stuff, and that way you had three minions help you gather in the beginning of the game, and then you just go off solo and try yeah. to win it anyways. Because I think most, something along know, the lines of like a friendly fire team <clears throat> kill, you just, that person doesn't drop their loot. Like in a normal battle, you kill a member that you're supposed to be going against, and their loot drops, so you get to gather as like a reward. Like, hey, you killed another player, here's right. their loot. Like, I think uh, maybe finding a way to just hey, if you kill your own teammate, that person doesn't drop their loot, so you can't just loot snipe people. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, important, and it would fix their 50v50, too, where, where everybody was on one team or the other. So you even if you would, like, you couldn't kill each other, but everybody could pick up everything. So maybe by making some of these rule changes, you could uh, you could also adjust yeah. some of the mechanics in, the, in a 50v50 before it comes around again. So Yeah, other than that, if you want a little more detailed information on my personal in-depth feelings on it, you can head over to GameZillaMedia.com, hit that blog page, and I wrote a blog about it. Yeah, Jazzy's been writing lots of blogs, so make sure you're going over to GameZillaMedia.com and reading them. Leave some comments in there, too. Let them know what you think. You know, I realize I lied. I played something new that's actually worth talking about with you guys. Mm, I don't know. You gave your time up already. That's fair. What'd you play? I downloaded Brawlhalla on PS4. Nice. Free to play. Yep. And I was like, oh, I've always wanted to try this game. And I uh, hopped in, and I just, you know, the base, like, eight characters that they offer on free to play. I don't know if it rotates, like, league or not, um, but there was just a base, like, eight characters to choose from. And uh, I found one I was feeling, and I hopped onto a couple online matches after just playing it once and started winning right away. So that was super rewarding right away that I was whooping on probably other noobs that had, like, zero levels like me. Uh, but, you know, if you haven't played Brawlhalla, it is free-to-play, and it's a uh, Smash-style fighting game, you know? It's uh, it's really cool. If you have a PS4, you should hop in and, and play it. Yeah, Brawlhalla is sweet. We, again, played a lot of it at a convention before, you know, early access, and um, I thought it was really cool. It, just, it took a while to get out to the systems, but mm-hmm. now that it's there, if you're looking for that Smash, you know, Smash Bros. type of game, it's definitely... Uh, a viable option. The fun, sure. the fun I had with it made me think this might be the first time I actually get into a free to play game, and I also instantly after just playing for twenty five minutes or so, I was like, man, I could actually see me throwing ten twenty bucks at this to get some characters, yeah. or you know, like I could see me actually putting money into this game. It, it was that fun to me. So especially if other people from the community ended up picking it up and wanted to play, I'd be down. The thing I like about Brawlhalla is you can like build out the characters that you like to play. It's not like a random loot box system where you get a skin for a champ you don't play or something like that. It's you play this character, you level that character up, you get different abilities and stuff like that within that character that you're playing, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. You get a lot of love in the uh, chat right now about your dr- your your blog writing. Dramatic writer equals jazzy. <laughs> oh yeah, BMC fact. So yeah, so, man. People it are all liking started your new with blogs. that post office lady, so that are, we can all thank her. Yeah, people are liking your new blog. She so. really grind my gears. Yeah, you really, she really uh, sparked you and got you moving again. So, uh, all right. Well, I haven't played any games. That's fair. <laughs> no, it's not true. But if you don't, if you don't want to tell the dozens and dozens of Gamezilla's fans uh, what a great time you had at my house. Playing couch co-op with me, you don't have to tell them that. So yeah, I uh, because I you a, don't want me to tell them. I had a difficult week this week. Uh, you know, got some news and just having to process it all. I needed to keep busy, so I was doing a lot trying to trying to stay out of the house. You probably didn't see me online a lot if you if you're somebody that plays games with me, but I was playing games like Ethan said at his house um, and. And other places too. So uh, I'll get started with the Deadites co-op couch co-op uh, night, where we started off with some lovely uh, guacamole. I believe it's actually what we started with. Yeah, super and turbo. Yeah, championship. I never edition. tried a co-op style. That game is very interesting. Where I kind of want to start a fresh file with like four people because it was a lot of fun. Where you could chain combos off each other, and and and, and it seemed to work really well in that. 
Metroidvania co-op world, which isn't a common thing to say. So, yeah, uh, I enjoyed that. Then we moved on to Towerfall Ascension, which uh, if you have never played Towerfall Ascension, it is a blast. It's this multiplayer game that does have co-op like uh, story mode, but it also is a multiplayer just archers facing off, trying, you know, um, trying to hit each other, be the last one standing. There's different game modes, but we liked playing that one where it it's reminiscent. So the the co-op mode is reminiscent of I would say like Bubble Bopple. Yeah, you know it's it's one map and there's enemies spawning on all over all over the place. You're trying to eliminate the enemies to move on to the next stage, um, and you're shooting arrows and you can also dodge and, and jump on. It's a really simple game and it actually. It's the first PlayStation 4 game I ever played. It was right after you got your PS4. You had downloaded it, and I came over to your yep. house to play, and I was like, this game is so cool. Yep, yep, so. exactly. So so we, we revisited that, which it had DLC since the last time I've ever played it, and uh, we had a lot, I had a lot of fun with that, playing some both co-op and uh, deathmatch. But um, then we started to move in a weird direction. Then, it was, then it, I think it was the Deadite Syndrome. <laughs> you can't be at my house for long yeah. without me dragging you down to my depths. Yeah, so then we moved on to a game that I don't know if any of you have heard. I don't think we've ever talked about it on this show. But I finally played my first ever, whatever you want to call the matches of Disc Jam. Hell Yes! Finally, and here's what I'll say about Disc Jam. Be very careful with a- your words. Yeah. After you guys, you guys literally defecated in my eyes. Okay, not literally, figuratively <laughs> defecated in my eyes about my love for Disc Jam. Yeah. So here's what I have to say about Disc Jam. It's not bad. Thank you. It's not bad at all. Oh my um, god. For Awful. A, for a free game. Awful. And for what it is, it's basically Windjammers. It's basically frisbee i mean and and the thing i enjoyed about it was a the cust- the customization of your characters like the, it's ridiculous like what's like what deadite's character versus wife's character like they they were all i wanted to do was like huh i kind of want to see how i can build out a character now so there's a lot of options you can get and you unlock it through you know like these little like coin machine that drop like little you know Loot crates, basically, yeah, like the little uh, uh, bubbles, yeah. whatever you call those things, egg, like yeah. egg machine, kind yeah, of quarter machines. So um, it was cool. Uh, I enjoyed it, and I know I already have it downloaded, so I may revisit that at some point. We played online, we played local, and I think the game was more enjoyable to me because it actually turned out way more arcadey than like a. I thought maybe it was going to be a little more, a little too like simulation, too let slow, but uh, no, I liked it. it. It reminded me a lot of Windjammers. So, um, and then, like, that's where you can call the, that, that was the cliff, okay? Yep. So, like, if I was jumping, I'm in the air now, okay? And that's because we went right from that to Jaws. Yeah, Jaws Unleashed, the greatest game and actually, to ever be programmed. I think I lied. I think I lied. We didn't go straight to Jaws. We went to Fight Club. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it was so bad that I actually had forgotten it. Oh. But we played Fight Club on the original Xbox. I got to play. As, I, I dead. I got to play as his boy Fred Durst every round. Uh, I, I was like, dude, off. don't you want to try a different character? He was like, hell no. I'm like, all right. Fine, you could be Fred Durst every time. I actually have my Xbox modded to only allow me to play <laughs> yeah. Fred Durst, so people got mad that he's too OP. But bottom line, this game is awful. <laughs> I can't. I paid like five dollars for it. And I'm still really sad <laughs> I did that. It is one of the. It's one of the worst games I have ever played. <laughs> I thought Tao Ta- 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 Fang was bad. 
this this was terrible, like unplayable. Like you look at the back of the box and it's like bone breaking moves and all this shit, and then you get in the game and it's just like it's like people bitch slapping each other just over and over again, and same animations, and that's about it. Until I got um, until I was able to pick up uh, bitch tits, you know, yeah, b- b- Robert yeah. Polson, yeah, Robert Polson. I got to pick him up. And uh, and I got to use him, and and that was more fun because I was doing like suplexes and, and all sorts of stuff. But um, yeah, the game is terrible. Whew. I think my question t- was: You think back in the day, Fred Durst was actually excited about being on in this video he's game? He's still excited. He has a frame copy on as well. He's like, <laughs> he's like "Yo, Brown is sick of Fred Durst in a video game, whipping ass." <laughs> all right, so. Um, after that, we move to Jaws. Yes, the greatest, the goat. So when you don't, when you think you can't hit any more rock bottom than Fight it's Club, it's a true aquatic adventure. When you think <laughs> that you can't hit any more rock bottom than Fight Club, <sighs> Dead Eye always has another another cliff to push you off of. I always got more. So here's what happened. This is all I can explain to you. He puts the game in. We load it up. He has a f- save file. On level two. (laughs) (laughs) He has two save files, both on level two. (laughs) We go into this game. He takes about 30 seconds to refresh himself to remember what he's supposed to do in this level. Doesn't take long. And then we go try to do it. Within 15 minutes, mind you, he tried a couple times and then I tried a couple times. Within 15 minutes, we stopped playing the game because we were both motion sickness. It was like we had worn PlayStation VRs for 30 hours straight. Oh, we I, were felt, I felt horrible. Mind you, I told you I wasn't having a good week. I already felt bad. <laughs> I felt worse. That's not why I came over. Mm. So, um... The controls are bad. Yeah. It's, it, you get dizzy. Yeah, a question from the, from the chat. Yeah. Sasha wants to know, is it worse than Echo the Dolphin? 1,000%. It's worse. Echo the Dolphin's pretty good. Yeah, Echo is like Echo is like a classic compared to this. Yeah. Oh, um, this game, I have no idea why they're even bothering re-releasing it on the 3DS, like you've told me about. I need to get it. But all I know is I tried playing it, thinking that you know, hey, Dead Eye's bad at games. I'll probably get through the second level. No, no, because for some reason you're in this like you know prison of water and. They're, they're, Free jaws, live sharks locked up yeah. <laughs> unjustly. You're there to be to be like turned into like a you know dis, you know a display animal, and everyone. The second you do, the second you just swim, everyone, including the children, start shooting at you. Yeah, I mean the kids have guns in this game for God's sakes. Everything <laughs> is shooting at you. The security cameras, they're shooting at you. They got bullets. I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's just a helpless shark. Yeah, yeah. And you're in you're limited to obviously just the water paths that bullets are just flying everywhere. And I'm like, this is so dumb. Jaws never stood a chance. So yeah, um we played that. I got we got sick. And uh we had to we couldn't end the night on that though. We had to we had to like rebound a little bit. We were still on the Xbox for Jaws, so we stayed on the Xbox and we played Burnout Revenge. Yeah. And that was a nice like I haven't played Burnout in a long time, so it, it was just one of those like we played a couple races, we played a couple um crash parties and we and then we looked at each other and go, "Man, why don't they still make Burnout?" Cuz it was a lot of fun. Like a new Burnout right now, I would 100% own it. It would probably be one of my favorite racing games, you know, in in my collection. 
So yeah, um, that was the night at Deadites that I, that I got to experience. Uh, I a did, night to remember. Yeah, it, it was a night full of full of. Uh, I can't believe you. Grand <laughs> grand ventures. Like, but, hey, buddy, I need to keep my mind off this news I got. I'm gonna come over to your house. What do you got for me? And you're like, man, I've got a night that you will never remember. See, the the thing is, the thing is, I'm a great friend because what I did is I put everything in perspective for him and let him know it could always be worse. (laughs) That's true. You could be stuck here with me playing Jaws Unleashed forever. That's very true. So, so there was a there was a life changing experience that happened in my game room, and I know I come out looking like the bad guy, but actually it was a very noble and heroic act. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So beyond that, I played some Fortnite. Um, I experienced the uh, the team killing. If you're running with randos now, so it's almost like not even worth it. Um, and then I played. Uh, I, I started my fresh run of Axiom Verge on the Switch because I've beaten the game before, but I've never played it uh, through on the Switch, and I wanted to do that. So I played that on the Switch. And uh, you know, we had our uh, we had our part. We had our Christmas party like. In Jan- in January, so it was a little late, but we had our we had our Christmas party with with teammates and some close friends, um, and some people had left already, you know. But I we ended up the last people stayed till like three in the morning, and we played uh, Jack Jackbox like I don't know for four hours. Yeah, um, it was it was a lot of fun. So we played uh, you know we played obviously like Fibbage, Jackbox, Drawful. And I forgot what the fly one is. Lie swatter. Lie swatter. Yep. So we played a lot of those. That's you know, I enjoy that game. Just it's fun. And I uh, I won my first ever round against Jade. Okay, against Craig WK, another smart guy. Yeah. Dominated everybody, even Testonomics. Dominated them all in some actual trivia jackbox. That's a big. That's a big move. Like usually I'm like negative 10k. Everybody's in the green, and I'm just like I give up. Like I dominated. I was like twenty thousand point, twenty thousand dollars. You know, next per closest person was like ten thousand, eleven thousand. So. I I have to ask you. I'm not trying to put you on blast. It was not episode one. Yeah, I was gonna say, was it a game you've already played? Like the time I no. tore you and Jade up, and you're like, man, we didn't realize that I was this smart. I was like, yeah, I played yeah. this one in a demo once. Yeah, I didn't realize that it's by episode. Like I thought it would. I thought it randomized questions. Yeah, but it's it's per episode. So like. Um, when we launched it, sure enough, that that same round that you killed us in started mm-hmm. again, and we yeah. caught it, and we just and we just canceled and went to the next episode. This was like episode four. It just happened to have a lot of stuff that fell into my wheelhouse. Yeah. So I was I was pretty surprised because I don't I generally do not do well at trivia, especially when my wife is involved because she is a robot. Yeah, absolutely a robot. Shout out to my wife for letting uh, letting me steal her. Robe. I'm I'm rocking the Rebel Scum X-wing fighter uh, out, outfit here today. So, um, you know, she was going out to learn how to swing broadswords or some shit. Learning learning sword fighting. I thought she said Larping? she was going out. I thought she said she was going out to swing swords at broads. Oh, but that, that too. That too. I mean, you know, you can do whatever. She's free she's world. Larping. No, this is actually like a legit like class. Like learn how oh, to like a, like a yeah combat class. Yeah, combat. combat class. Yeah. yeah, kill people with swords. Like yeah, she'll be on the run by the that's end. That's just what we need. Yeah, that's why I took the robe. I'm like, that's practically mine now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, that's what I've been up to uh, recently, and that's what we've been playing. So we want to know what you're playing, and you can tell us anytime on our Discord. So you just simply 
go over to gamezillamedia.com, hit that Discord button, and join the Discord. It's free. Talk with gamers from around the world every day. And, of course, let me just take care of that for our Twitch fans. If you're in the chat, there's the link. No, that's the wrong link. I'm an idiot. Jeez. Go there, too. There's the link. (laughs) Yeah, there's the link. Click on that, and you can join Discord. Come hang out with all of us and uh, have a good time. So, But, uh, yeah, the... Man, the night at Ethan's has really made me appreciate my game room more. Yeah. See? Yeah. I realized that the worst thing I have in my game room of like 2,000 video games doesn't even stand a chance against the garbage at his house. I have searched the galaxy for the greatest scum (laughs) that's at the bottom of the value game bins, and I have added it to my wall. No, see, he says this, but he's excited every time he gets one of those games. Yeah, I am. Because he thinks they're just awesome games. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the big thing, the, fu- the thing I forgot about that we did that night was that you actually at one point, because we were sick, right? We weren't feeling good. So we like stopped gaming for like a few minutes. And we thought, that game was so bad. And each here's the thing about the games that Dead Eye buys. There's giant fucking price stickers on every single one of them. Like, like full color diamond like price stickers. Like, you got them all from. Uh, Bought a lot of family video family, or other resale yeah. shops oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, we decided, or, or actually, because <laughs> okay. I decided. Because, time out. I, I, you gave me that original Xbox. No cords or nothing. You owed me a little bit of money. Like, here, just take this Xbox. It's like, deal. Yeah. I'm going to take it to college with me. I got that Xbox in the fall of 2009. I, yeah. So, I that's know. three years, four years after the 360 was already out. This is true, but, but, I'm just saying. We then sat there and went through his entire collection of Xbox games to see, is this the worst thing he owns? Slash, how much is this the most expensive thing <laughs> that I'm too, like? That too, which yeah. I think I paid allegedly $25 for Jedi Outcast, which I don't think is true. Yeah, which that, then, then that probably, you know, price point versus terribleness, like, yeah, that's mm. probably the winner. But overall, um, whew. That was rough. Because what did you pay for Jaws? It wasn't the four ninety nine mark. It was above. It was nine ninety nine. I paid yeah. ten dollars for Jaws Unleashed. He cannot get past the second level because if you can't do it, in here's the thing: we got through the security door, and then there's more guns. There's more bullets. There's people shooting you for no reason, and you have no idea where to go, and just kids laughing at you while they're shooting bullets into the water like blindly. Yeah, it's that's a really messed up uh, aquarium there. I don't know what they're doing. I, I don't think there's many animals alive in that uh, in that aquarium. Well, if you've seen Jaws 3, you know those people got what was coming. That's true. That's true. Spoiler alert. They'll never get what's coming Excuse to me, them Jaws in... Jaws 3D. Yeah. They'll <laughs> never get what's coming to them in Deadite save file, though, because he will never get past that second nope. level. I'm a trash gamer, and you it's will a nev- hard game. I after, after playing that game, I've decided you will never get past that second level. <laughs> oh! Well, maybe I'll have to borrow your Dazzle and stream it to prove you're wrong. I hope so. I, I, I want to watch you suffer. <laughs> Oh, man. After making me suffer, I need to watch you suffer. I don't know if I could watch Four. you play that. I'd probably get sick just watching you play it. Yeah. I would enjoy this stream. I think a lot of Four people hours of oh, just man. Ethan failing and puking in a bucket. <laughs> there was, there was like, out of those 15 minutes, I'd say a good five of them was us toggling inverted on and off <laughs> to see if it made it better. We it's couldn't, so hard to control. Because we couldn't decide if it was worse or not. Because like every okay. time you break the plane of the water, I finally figured out that if you stay with like your dorsal fin sticking out of the water and just swim straight instead of trying to go up and down, you're way better off. What... <laughs> Is worse, Jaws Unleashed or Star Wars? 
No, Jaws Unleashed. Really? Oh, Jaws Unleashed. Worse than that. Oh, Star yeah. Wars is it, great. Star, what no, is wrong with Star Wars? Here's the thing. You always you got. Can't here's the only. Here's the thing. That no. doesn't make it not fun. You can control it. You think you can control it. But here's the difference. You always got to think of when when you're going to try to beat Jaws Unleashed as as the worst game ever. <laughs> can you actually play the game? One. Does it make you puke? Okay. <laughs> now, most games, unless it's a VR on your head, don't really upset my stomach. Like, I don't have that problem. But Jaws sure as hell made it feel like I was playing um, Robinson's The Journey or whatever on my VR yeah. where I was going to just That'll puke all over the place. See, see here's the, the you forget. You forget that what what the the problem is is Superman sixty four BMC is a better no, game it's not. than Jaws. No, it's not because you can't get to the second level of Superman sixty four. I can. I can. Superman sixty four is definitely worse than Jaws no. Unleashed because if you play the first level, if you play the first level of Jaws Unleashed, you would know it's superior to all the levels in Superman. It doesn't matter because you get to the second level and the game breaks. Yeah, but that one level of you greatness is You don't even know how it. good of a game it is because you've never gotten past the second level. Yeah, but the first level is awesome, <laughs> and you didn't even get to play that. So You didn't let me play it. You were like, get this one. I got to get past the second level. Beat it for me. I did. I was hoping that you would. So here's the thing. that It's not the game that made you sick. I have a 50-inch DLP that I play games on. It was too immersive for you. It was no, too realistic. No, no, no. First of all- It was too nice First of, of all, the thing I've heard about Superman 64, and I have not experienced this myself, but if you can manage to actually get into the actual game past all this like rings racing in the beginning, it actually has some uh, some redeemable qualities in it. Jaws Unleashed never ruined childhood. Superman 64 ruined some childhood. Jaws Unleashed ruined my adulthood. So, I mean, <laughs> Jesus. You got what you deserved. Oh, my God. All right. All right. So, yeah, anyways, that's what we've been playing. Let us know what you're playing. Join the Discord. Come hang out with us. Tell Dad how crazy he is. I uh, do every week. It yeah, doesn't help. But I think we need to. Uh, <laughs> I think we need to get into some news. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching MotorCityGaming.com. Downloading headlines. Now let's have it. What about this monster story of yours? Download complete. All right, so we had some people like, oh my god, you're streaming during Games Done Quick, blah, blah, blah. I'm looking at you, the glitch. I'm looking at you. But you know what? This is our time. They're stepping on our toes. Doesn't mean we're going to back off. But there is some controversy that we're going to talk about going on with Games Done Quick this time around. And uh, it has to do with Twitch, Games Done Quick, and uh, a paywall. Yeah. That's not a thing in this day and age. Well, There's no such thing as a paywall in current gaming. So I I think I thought this was interesting because uh, viewers are, are turning into awesome games done quick this week. It's running all, all week long. And they aren't happy about having to pay to participate in Twitch chat. What? No. Leading to complaints about the decision and workarounds from other streamers. So, that's right. If you are going to the Games Done Quick actual account and watching this and you are not a subscriber, you will not have access to the chat box to communicate with anybody else that's streaming. And most people be like, what the hell? Why are they doing this? This is greedy. This is bullshit. This is, right? They actually are doing it for a different reason, which is surprising. I want to talk about this This. This is the way they're handling it and, and, and debate it with you guys. But let's just explain before people go, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. We know what we're talking about. They are doing this because previous, previous Games Done Quick has had major issues with spam and crazy people just flooding the chats and just 
making it un, like not even fun to be in the stream or at least to be trying to be communicative in, in the stream. So they believed by doing this and, lim- and basically making you have to pay to get in that those people will have more respect. Well, I hate to break it to you, but A, there's a lot of people that have Twitch Prime, that have Amazon Prime. So a lot of them can just sit there and give their free subscription away and then go and troll you all they want. And all you're doing is making them more angry because, because they have to do that. I get the idea, but I think I think you I don't think it was thought out well enough that uh, how many people you're gonna upset. Like how many kids watch this that maybe don't have the ability to charge five bucks to their account so that they can so that they can ask questions or or you know communicate with other people in there. Yeah, and they don't care whether they get a response or or not. They just feel like they're important because they've put something in a chat. Nah, children should either be doing homework or using their imaginations. They can stay out of chat rooms. BMC says, good, keep out the pores. Keep that's from Twitch. Out the pores? That's from Twitch. Ouch. Oh, that's because wow. I just made fun wow. of my game room that TV. That is brutal. It was yeah. a gift from my wife's uncle, and he's out making fun of me. Yeah, my God. Well, we should let BMC know that everybody that does put the $5 into the channel subscription, all that money goes to donation. And charity. Yeah, they're still donating it. Yeah. yeah, that's more about keeping out the poor. Because they're teamed up with Twitch, too. So they're, they're not getting half of it. The, the, the full amount is getting donated. Right. So, you know, the, the other people that got upset were like, well, yeah, it's going to charity, but 250 of it's going to Twitch. Well, Twitch is working with them. Yeah. It's their platform. Yeah. All right, so let's let's just cover their uh, their actual statement. Um, we take moderation seriously and want to maintain a positive atmosphere in all of our events, especially as we are representing the charities we are benefiting. As Games Done Quick has grown over the years, our channel has now been averaging between 100 and 150 thousand concurrent viewers, and moderating a channel of this size has been extremely difficult. We're currently exploring options to alleviate the situation and have opted to make the chat for. Uh, Games Done Quick this year, subscription only. All Games Done Quick subscription revenue in January will be donated to prevent cancer foundi- uh, foundation. So, I'm not, okay, for me, I'm not that upset about this. I think, I, I worry about like younger, you know, younger fans and that fan base not being able to do what they want to with this, but, you know, f- I'm a lurker, man. Like, I don't interact in chat that often. Um, I, I like to watch stream. I watch a stream. If I'm watching it for like Fortnite, it's because I'm looking for tips and tricks. If I'm watching it because it's a game I enjoy, it's, it's just I'm enjoying the game and the commentary. I don't necessarily need to interact with the person, especially when there's 150,000 people watching. They're not going to respond to my message. Right. Because the second I hit enter, it'll be gone. So like calm down and just understand that they're trying something new. And I think, you know, They'll they'll look at the analytics at the end of this and say, well, we average 100 to 150,000 concurrent viewers because we made this change. This year we only had 80,000. This clearly isn't an answer for us. We're not going to do it again. But like you got, I mean, they got to try. And there's not really many other options out there. They can't hire people to mod. I mean, I guess they can ask for volunteers to moderate a like crazy ton. You know, because this is a charity event, they're not looking to pay out people to sit there and sit in a chat room and make sure it stays. You know positive and and you know for all the shitty people coming to these events and just being dickholes like fuck you guys like you're the ones that caused this don't get mad at games done quick don't get mad at twitch get mad at all the assholes that are on twitch that just fucking ruin things for everybody else yeah 
It's a it's a giant donation stream. So what they're gonna do is they're gonna take however much they get in donations. They're gonna add this money that they've made from the chat subscription into that. And if it matches or surpasses what they've made in the past, they're gonna think it's a success. End yeah. of story. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and that's the thing. If their if their viewership stays, I then they keep doing it. Especially if they if their viewership stays and the chat room is is more manageable, then it's a win win for them. And and they do it again and again until Twitch gives more option. Like games done quick is their hands are tied and limited to whatever the platform that they're broadcasting on allows them to do. Mm-hmm. And so unless Twitch comes up with a whole new tool set for people with this with the high of viewership to be able to control things. Or, or more bots come out that are more sophisticated that can control things. I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't have answers for you. This, this, is, this is the smartest decision you can make that, yes, you're never going to make everybody happy, but I think it's the smartest decision you can make from the standpoint of trying to improve and keep the, the Twitch trolls at bay as much as you can. So let's be realistic here. <clears throat> it's an event. It's an event you're watching. And essentially, you could think of it as that $5 subscription is a ticket price to access a feature. Exactly. It's not like you had to pay to watch it. It's a free thing to watch. So it's the equivalent of, you know, you're watching something on TV or you pay your ticket and you're, you know, more immersed. You're closer into it. And again, not that I really care at all, but I get the angle of some kids being bummed out about it. But at the same time, uh, kids don't get to go to the Lions game every week. You know, like that's that's just the that's just the way things shake out. It's like yeah. it's it's there's a cost there's a cost to a feature, and I don't think it's gonna you know squash any children's dream of being a speedrunner or a streamer. That you know it would be great if there was a way that legitimate young players had a place to ask questions during this or things like that. Um, if there was like a side chat that was a free and open to people. But yeah. since there isn't, yeah, well, cost this of admission. Is, yeah, and this is the other thing that is annoying is that to circumvent the five dollar fee, viewers began turning to other channels that are hosting games done quick. And uh, the games done quick representative confirmed all money collected from the subscription fee goes towards charity. So the host mode, right? We we have people host us, we host others. Uh, host mode lets streamers rebroadcast other streams, sending all views and advertising money to the original streamer, but effectively allowing people to use the chat function for free. Um, and now, now mind you, that chat function is only within the viewership of the host. You know, the person hosting. You know, you're not you're not people. Uh, People in the original stream aren't Don't seeing see it. They're not Correct. seeing it. It's just the host stream. But I guess my whole point is for all, all those people that are like mad and are going elsewhere to have a chat room, it's five bucks. And I like and it's for charity. A hundred percent of it's going <laughs> to charity. So like for me, yeah. I'm I'm sitting here like like again, if you if you don't have five bucks, that's one thing. You don't have five bucks, you still go watch games done quick. Okay? But most of you will watch games done quick every time it comes around and just and enjoy it for what it is and be like, yeah, they raised so much money. Well, give them the five bucks. Help out. Be part of that. Right. And if you already donated to them, then okay. I guess I can see where you're like, well, I got to give $5 more. But it's like it's $5. Like to me, it's a hot and ready. It's a hot and ready from Little Caesars that I don't need. It's, it's a copy of Fight Club the game on the original Xbox. Oh, right. God. 
take my five dollars because I don't want that game. And if we're if we're playing the kid angle too, like just having that kid be able to say like, hey. You know, Mom and Dad, can I have five bucks? As long as he understood what it was for, you right. probably could get it. Well, it, it, showing your when you're younger, showing your parent like, hey, um, I would, can I get five bucks so I could donate it to this charity, and then it allows me to chat in the stream with people that are donating to you know this charity. Versus, hey, can I have five bucks because I want to buy this gun in Call of Duty? Yeah, like. I, I, as a parent, would be more likely to be like, yeah, here you go. Like, here's 10 bucks. Like, yeah. donate to them, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you got channels popping up that are called GDQ Poverty. It's <laughs> oh, a, come yeah, on! Yeah. yeah. Yep. Which received a 24-hour ban for hate speech. Although they allege nothing hateful was said on the stream, <laughs> the channel's creator did not appeal the ban. But, um, you know, but, like, again, <sighs> like... It's five dollars that goes to charity, and the statement from from the owner of GDQ Poverty now has a subreddit. They said, "I just made the account on a whim in order to avoid having to ridiculously pay for a subscription to the official <laughs> GDQ channel in order to chat with everyone else." What for, an idiot! For the first half hour or so, it was very nice. Everyone was civil and excited to be able to use their favorite emotes. Word of the channel spread quickly, though, and soon the chat became constant flood of emotes and spam. Things were impossible to discern through the stream, so I introduced a three-second slow mode, which seems to work for a while. Eventually, things became so hectic that I had to introduce the moderation polls in order to, like, hey, newsflash, owner of GDQ property, you're literally getting hit with what GDQ was getting hit with. You cannot handle this. So in order to do that, um, they had to they had to moderate all of a sudden. These did an okay job for reducing the spam, but there was more spam got reduced, the more hate started to spread. To my dismay, the yes, chat began yes. the chat log began to be filled with racist and hateful remarks towards GDQ, runners, and random groups of people. It was right around this point that I had to that I had to drive home, which was going to take me two hours. So not only did you build this, build this, launch it, and then and then walk away from it for a two-hour drive home, you shouldn't be managing a channel that you can't manage. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you got banned. And again, pay your five dollars and enjoy what you want to enjoy. Come on, my God. And at the end of all of that, the banning for hate speech and stuff like that is like they might be like, oh well. You know, I couldn't control this, or or there's nothing hateful <laughs> sent on that. They're violating Twitch's terms of service beyond that because they're putting GDQ in there, which technically is impersonating another person's identity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if there, because there was another one that also got banned called uh, GDQ pleb, plebs. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, no, they're popping up all over, and then of course the Reddit, the subreddit is uh, listing every everywhere you can go to view it without having to pay the five dollars. Even have sp- famous speedrunners hosting it, and it's like you guys, like you've you've been part of this, you're part of this society. Why are you working against it? Yeah, man, we all know I'm famously cheap. I'd throw down five dollars for charity to like, even if it was just hey. I want to watch this stream. If I had to pay $5 to watch speedruns and I knew it was going to charity, I'd cough it up. And again, famously cheap. And I wouldn't even hesitate about that because it's one thing if you're giving money and it's going to something that you don't want to support, which realistically, if you're watching someone on a stream, if you you enjoy them enough, throw five bucks at them. It's not a big deal. But this is a charity. 
It's a ridiculous reason to cheap out over five dollars. Exactly. Yeah, I will be watching plenty of games done quick, and I already admitted I'm a lurker. I don't communicate a ton, and I will still be giving them my five dollars. So there you go. Yeah, chatter no <sighs> chat. I'll donate money to them for a good cause. People, quit complaining about having to pay five bucks. Yeah, I just want to fist to fight use those people. Chat. Yeah, for real. Man, All we right. should start up some like subreddit page where it's like people can donate ten dollars in which we'll give to games done quick in order to like delete those other people's subreddit pages yeah all right here we go uh game companies are failing on diversity and this is according to a new report that just came out so this is a topic that has been brought up a lot over the last couple of years uh we have found that the industry in multiple ways is is very one-sided um, if, if you look at it from a from an employee standpoint and developer standpoint and publisher standpoint, all the way to actual game, you know, in game standpoint, and and we've seen. I don't want to sit here and have people jump down our throats and say we've seen Aloy, we've seen you know uh, uh, the last Uncharted, we've seen like there's diversity in games. It's like yes, but what we're finding out is that white males are behind all of it. And, and the percentages are stunning. So um, basically, according to a new report, video game companies are failing to employ a significantly diverse workforce despite increasing demand among employees to hire more women and minorities. Uh, this, was, uh, this happened at the International Game Developers Association uh, last year, uh, and, it was re- and the, da- the data was released today. 81% of game developers said the diversity in the workplace is very important or somewhat important. And that's up from 78% in 2016, uh, up from 63% in 2015. Now, out of that 81%, only 42% of the respondents said the game industry has increased diversity over the past two years, a decrease from 47% last year. Uh, when asked to choose a single factor that could ensure future growth and success in the world of gaming, 21% opted for more diversity in game content just behind advancement in game design, um, which was at 22%. This is where it gets scary. Among full-time employed respondents, 14% reported that their company had no policies directed towards diversity or equality. An additional 25%, additional, so that we're talking 39% now, did not know if their company had diversity-related policies at all. Oh, God. Among game developers who employers... Ha- have diversity and equality policies, only 56% said those policies were being adequately enforced. So, yeah. Um, this, it got, it just got worse. Uh, when you want to talk gender, survey respondents were 74% male, only 21% female, and then 2% identified as male to female transgender, 1% identified as female to male transgender, and then 2% selected other. In terms of sexual orientation, 81% selected hetero, uh, heterosexual, 5% as homosexual, 11% as bisexual, 3% as other. This is all lopsided. It's all one-sided. There's, mm, I, I mean, you, oh, the sexual preference one or sexuality, that is... not. Nah. Overproportional to what the population of the United States is, yeah. so that you could classify that as diverse. Um, 
But the the rest of it's kind of yeah, yeah. one sided. But that, this that was, area I don't believe is. I I don't have facts to back that up, but I remember reading things a few years ago yeah. in college. So and this was uh, you're talking. This was based around United States, Taiwan, Canada, Australia, mul- like multiple countries involved uh, in in these in these uh, analytics. Uh, 60, 61% white, 18% uh, were East, South, uh, East, Southeast Asian, um, which a higher than previous number were from Taiwan, um, followed by Hispanic or Latino at 5%, and then um, black, African-American, or, or African made up just 1%. Mm. Half of this was from the United States. Half of all entries were from the United States. So... We've talked about this in the past. This has been brought up on our show in the past. You know, we've heard companies like Blizzard and them try to come out and say this is a huge, a huge focal point for us. We really want to improve this, but I don't think we're necessarily seeing, you know, the improvement that that uh, we should if these companies are indeed actually backing up these policies that they want to throw into the media. So my concern is: Are we getting inflated, you know, media bullshit? And, you know, because we've how many I mean, it doesn't we can look at any job we've had and look at policies that were like thrown out to like create excitement that were then just left to die Mm -hmm. shortly after. I mean, you don't have to look past worst purchase, you know, to see how many times that was done to us. But this is this is a different you know area for us, because if you're if these are people, the people at these events are the people making games and they're the ones saying that one of the most important things is diversity. Yet, yet we're moving in the wrong direction. It almost looks like. A, how, a, I guess you know. F- tell me how you feel about this, and then also, do you have any ideas, like any suggestions on how we can improve it? I personally think that the policy needs to be in place. That there has to be some sort of fair employment opportunity, no matter what you are. You know, white, black, male, female, gender, any, you know, sexual preference, anything like that. There has to be some sort of policy in place where you get a fair opportunity of employment. However, I also think that it is the company's right and decision to be able to pick the best person that they want for the job. Now, I'm not saying that there's going to be some shady people that are going to try to go around the rules and stuff like that because... People in the world suck sometimes, but you need to put some sort of policy in place to give everybody an equal opportunity to get the job, and then the best person should get the job, period, no matter who they are. And if you, at the end of the day you go through all of these candidates and you've hired a team and a staff to make your game, if it ends up with these numbers, so be it. Those were the best people you found to make your game. If it isn't these numbers and it's completely different from these numbers... So be it. Those were the best people you found to make your game. It shouldn't be a, oh, well, we don't have enough of, you know, this type of person or that type of person. We need to make it more equal. Like, no, be good at what you do and you get the job. Yeah, I think that's where as far as like if I was to take this further, you know, and actually like try to have a a real debate about this is that I would want analytics on top. Like I got these analytics here. I would like numbers from colleges. Like what? What are the percentages of people going into these fields? 
because that because there could be your problem right there. If you got ninety percent white males going into game development or going into three D arts or going into these you know these different categories, then there's your diversity problem coming out of college, coming out of getting certified and learning how to do your job. You don't have the pool that you think you have. You know, I don't think it's as bad. Like I, like these numbers are these numbers are bad. So like I don't think if we looked if I did if I was able to obtain those numbers from you know some of the highest gaming and and creative art content schools i think we'd see a better a better mix but you know maybe like that's the thing is you can't sit here and say i want more diversity but it turns out that you know the african-american you know society is more interested in something else than gaming you know they they went into art you know the people that did go into art didn't go into it for gaming or, or graphic design didn't plan on making video games they planned on doing something else and so you know at that point, what it, you know, what, how, how lopsided is this really? Because I do, you know, I have been to college and I have been in classes for graphic design and game design. And I could tell you that it was predominantly white males. And, and you know, like that's that, like, I don't know what, you know, I don't care. But that's, that's what I was surrounded with in school. And so, you know, I don't, think it's that as bad as this but i also think maybe the pool that they're pulling from is saturated in one way you yeah. know and that's one reason why we're, why we'd almost we're have to have we'd almost have to have like interviewee stats as well like okay um you're no more diverse than you were last year but what was the increase in diversity applications that you had this year yeah did you turn down a a ton of you know, applications that could have made your company more diverse. And let's be real, they're doing this over the last three years, and it's like, oh, these companies haven't made a change over the last three years. That's called tenureship, people. That means the people that are in this field are doing a good job and they're keeping their jobs. Well, they don't need we to don't, hire more we don't people. Know, you don't yeah. know that either, though. We you don't, can't, yeah, I'm you can't, not, not you have for no sure. Idea, you have no idea how many saying. people have been fired, quit, moved on, because right. every week we're like, hey, this this person left Naughty Dog, this person left this, this person left that. Yeah, that's like, true. The gaming industry is very volatile. Like, the, like there is, uh, you know, your studio could be gone tomorrow, for God's sake. Right. So as far as talent freeing up and being being available for other people to grab, it, it happens all the time. But that's going off of the pool. So, like, let's say, you know, I quit I quit this job over here, and then I go to another job. Am I still getting pulled? Because then technically it doesn't matter because I'm still getting pulled whether I'm here or there. Well, I mean, that... That's a lot of figuring out how the research actually works, right. and we don't we don't know the ins and outs of the yeah. metrics that they used, and um, so sort of sort of my take on it is I, I we all agree from the initial reading of this and our observation of the gaming industry that a lot of what we get, especially especially Western based game creation, seems like it's coming from a white male perspective. I I think we can all agree upon that, and. I'm not necessarily a fan of policies, laws, rules. I think it's all stupid. I'm a little bit anarchist with like, you should be able to make the right decision based on, you know, your own moral compass and you shouldn't need a set of rules to do that. So, you know, I, I, I hear where you're coming from. In a lot of senses, I agree with the best person should always, you know, get the job. But at the same time, if we want as the we're, we're gamers, we're part of the gaming industry in a way. If we want the gaming industry to grow and stories be told from different perspective and us get things from different people in different cultures, 
These companies need to make the decisions to hire people from different backgrounds. Because if it always went to the most qualified candidate, you know, let, let's go ahead and look, you know, let's just use an example, whatever the, the number one university that puts out uh, game designers or whatever. If, if they're putting out 95% white men, white straight men or something, and then we're just going to always pull from that pool, we're not going to achieve that diversity. So these studios need to make the decision to go, you know what, I want this person's life experience and this person's uh, opinions and their art to come through in what we're doing. Maybe they're not necessarily the most qualified person, but what they're going to bring is something that's going to change and affect our studio in a way. And that, that is, that's a choice of the developer. It shouldn't be a policy. It shouldn't be a corporate policy that says you have to hire so many gay people. You have to hire so many people with red hair. You have to hire so many women. But at the same time, idealistically, you'd love for these developers to go, we want to have 50% women in, in our workforce and we want to pay them equally to the men. And we want to have this many uh, people of, of different skin colors and this many people from different countries other than the United States here in our, our building. Yeah. But the, the truth is, you know, that's why they do make the policies or things won't change. Yeah, so, true. But, but they the, just need to do the research too. So under your mindset, you're saying like, one of the best games of this year that won multiple awards on multiple different platforms and shows was Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, which is a game about somebody that is dealing with mental illness. Ninja Theory did their research, pulled people in to help them work that were outside of the gaming community to help them get in the mindset of what it's like to, to live with and work with mental illness in order to create that area of their game. Yeah, they put, so they put that, the thought in, into right. it because they had a unique game that needed it. I guess my whole thing is like we can look at Cinema Sacrifice, we can look at Horizon Zero Dawn, like and, and it's not like Cinema Sacrifice is very unique because of the because of the story. So yeah, and I'm glad they did it the way they did it and not tried to like guess, right? But Horizon Zero Dawn has a strong female character in place and was up for game of the year. Okay? A couple years ago, Studios would say, we like your idea, but we don't like the female being the, the hero because we're worried it won't sell. Like, and now we have Horizon Zero Dawn at the, like, you know, one of the best games of 2017. Yeah. So, like, when you look at that and then you go, okay, name me 10 games like that that came out in 2017. You're going to have, you're going to give me, a, it's going to be hard. You're not going to be able to do it like, like, hey, name me 10 Nintendo games. Yeah, you could do that. Name me, you know, name me 10 of your favorite games. You could do that. Name me 10 games where the hero was... Female, black, Asian, go. I'll give you all three of them, and you still have a hard time naming ten of them. I don't know. Why? Asian, you could do it, because a lot of protagonists from Japanese developers are Asian. You'd be, I mean, I are think they? That this, yeah, I think absolutely. That, absolutely. If you go and look at Japanese-developed games, a lot of the characters are Are you talking are about Asian. Japanese games that came to America, though? Yeah. Like, okay, name me ten. I mean, I don't play those games. I'm not, I'm not gonna because I don't. Do I don't it. play those games. Nobody on this table can do it. It's a problem. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I'm I would like, say you however, can say that, but like, is Zelda? Is Zelda? He's white. Okay. Uh, is Persona Five? Couldn't tell you. Don't care. It, like, like that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> it's not my kind. If of game. I look at the big ones that people care about over yeah. here, have they not been designed where we should? Where where they think we're going to, you know, enjoy them more? Like, I think, like, it's hard to sit there and say, 
I don't know, the only one I could think of, and I don't even think it came out in 2017, it was 2016, is Mirror's Edge. Like, Mirror's Edge had an Asian, like, hero in, 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 the, in the forefront with the main character. But, like, I can't think of Asian descent games that are, that are dominating here besides, like, uh, Yakazi or whatever, like you know, like Yakuza, Yakuza came mm-hmm. out. You know, see, I don't even care about that game, right? But like, Tekken? but like, yeah, some of those characters in there, sure. Like, if we want to sit there and pick Overwatch and pick yeah. games that have a roster, then I hope they have diversity. But when you look at like protagonists and things like that, and you list them off, like of all the big games coming out over the last couple of years, and you look at like all of them, man, it's just they're all the same. With maybe a scar here or a scar there, or you know, but you know, there's a reason South Park fractured butthole came out, and you change the difficulty by changing your skin tone because they wanted to punch you right in the face and show you that this is stupid and that this is a problem. There's a reason that the hardest difficulty in in South Park is by making your skin tone black. It's because the, because the creators of South Park don't give a shit and will sit there and make fun of us because that is the problem in society and that is the problem in the gaming industry. Yeah. I will say in 2017, it's probably been better than it has in the past. I agreed. That, and that's why I'm saying Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah. uh, Sa- Son of Sacrifice, Cinema's Sacrifice, um, you know, and you've, you, brought, you named a couple, Overwatch, 2016, but Overwatch is a is a great example of bringing in you know multiple different uh, you know stories and, right. and personalities and, and relationships and all that stuff. So you know, but when you come out of a major association like meeting and you're getting half your workforce saying, "I don't even know if we have anything," that's a problem from the top down. You're not you're not you know like if this is a belief. If you have a belief and you want to, and, and it's and it's part of your core business, it should be taught through the entirety of your company. Right. So that even your line level guy that like makes the trees in the background knows that there's a policy out there. Right. But then if you're so two of the biggest games of 2017 in Mario Odyssey and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, white male saving a white princess. Yeah. And they were probably yeah. some of the highest selling and best games of the year. So, like, we look at this whole diversity thing, and it's kind of like, yeah, we know it's a problem, but clearly not, because these games that are still based in this old ways are I mean, those, those, those no, games but, have been around for 30 years, though. Yeah, yeah no, but true. 100% is still a problem, because here's, so here's the runoff, right? Is that, let's just say we just go down the road, we, we always go, and we just keep making the games we, the way we make games. You, you, you're generating the future, Okay. Yeah, you sold a bunch of copies, but the people that are upset about this probably aren't playing. Some of them aren't playing your games, which means they're not interested in making games because they don't believe they're allowed to make games. That they can make games, or they're the, or that you get the select few that get mad, start their own company, and prove you wrong. But that's the select few, right? So the problem is, is that if this has been is an ongoing issue, and you you generate these games and you promote them the way where it's just you know predominantly male white, predominantly male white, then the next generation of game makers will most likely be predominantly male white because those are the people that believe they have the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying it's 100% that way. I'm not saying, like, that's how it's going to go. Like, you'll have the people that will fight against the grain. You'll have the people that will say, I want to do this. I don't care if I have a, you know, a disadvantage. But the problem is, is that, you know, 
if you're going to make it that easy for one group, yeah, you're going to that group will dominate. Well, you also have to have a company that's strong enough to back their beliefs and say this is what we're going to do. So we saw that with Horizon Zero Dawn, where we had a lot of people that had a problem with the fact that they used the term brave, and Gorilla said, "No, like this is our game. This is what we mean by it. If you're taking it a different way, that's your problem." And then you're going to still see a lot of that in 2018 with Far Cry 5 and the whole like cultist thing. Like People are going to have a problem with the way that they've made their game, but these are people making their games diverse. So it's like we want that diversity, but then yet we still have those groups of people that don't want the diversity. So then like are, are the developers going to, they have to choose which way they're going to go. Is are yeah. they worried about like messing up their reputation because these people are trying to call them out for this, or are they just going to hold their guns and say, "No, we want this game to be diverse"? I mean, if you think it's it. as simple as like this guy says yes or no, so I have to say yes or no, or my company won't get a publisher. Like, if you're gonna if you want to make it that like black and white, like yeah, you have to play by the the big dogs' rules. Like, if EA is going to cast down its millions of dollars on you and let you build No Man's Sky or some shit. Bad example because those weren't the teams that built that teamed up together. But example like that, a little guy trying to make a game that is gonna that got a platform that it should have never received. Mm-hmm. Like then you play along by by the big guy throwing the money if you want to be a sellout, or you go along and you be an indie and you become famous anyways and you blow up anyways because you yeah. make a game that fucking matters. I mean, we you're right. 2017 and 2016 have been better because we have seen the indie scene grow to a point that has never been before. And one reason is because when you go to these big buildings with EA and, and Activision and all these names on it, they have their one way of doing things, in my opinion. And they can't prove me wrong until, until they show me otherwise. So, yeah, you might release one game here or there, but Ninja, but Ninja Theory, they like did that on their own. Ninja Theory, a company that has made some huge games in the past, you know, went along and did Senua's Sacrifice on like a side project. It was digital download only that like came out of nowhere, half price, like pushed it hard. Like you don't see, you know, like Sony came out with Aloy and came out with Horizon Zero Dawn and, and yeah, you know what? Did a damn good job. Good job to them. But how name other big companies that did something like that. There's not a lot of them. And most of them, if they are there, are almost fluke. They didn't. They didn't make the game. Like the developer made the game because they believed in it. But that game didn't get pushed out into the market thinking it's going to be game of the year. Yeah, I think if you were to look at the diversity in in the indie game scene versus the AAA title scene, you'll see a big difference. Oh yeah, in between those two, absolutely. So, well, this is a great this is a great discussion. Uh, we would love to hear what people think in our Discord. So, you know, in the general chat, in in you know wherever it is you want to put it, uh, let's keep it going. Talk about it in Discord. Let's let's see what uh, what the opinion of the people are. All right. My last topic is an interesting one, uh, and we've we've talked about our concern about this uh, particular product, this particular device. And I read an article about how is it already dead? And that's VR, virtual reality. Yeah. Is it already dead? Is it is VR and I should put it let me let me get a little more specific. Is VR gaming over before it even started? So 2017 was the year of VR. It was supposed to be the year that VR hit went mainstream. And 
2016 was when all the devices started being shown and all the excitement started to grow. 2017 was supposed to be that first year where it really just proved itself. And it hasn't. And you have to sit here and wonder what the problem is. So, you know, VR, on my standpoint, was a huge disappointment for me in 2017 to the point where I got rid of my VR system. VR, Mm -hmm. on the standpoint of Jazzy Fiddle, I would also call a huge disappointment. I know you kept your VR, but you have not. Because I hope. That's the only reason. Yeah, you have not (laughs) I'm not saying it it was a success at all. And I'm not talking about just PlayStation VR, which is which is our experience. We've yeah. used we've used the Vive, we've used Oculus, we've used Samsung, we've used every VR there is out there in convention, trying anything from stuff that not normal people get to play, like riding a bicycle down a mountain and, and like and actually being on a bicycle, you know, to just the standard stuff like you know rigs and and Batman Arkham and stuff like that. Yep. And the you know it all comes down to the prop the same thing is that it feels gimmicky. It feels too fuzzy. It, there's not enough definition. You can't tell what you're doing. The, the motion sickness, like it's not. It's still not ready for mainstream. Is basically where, where we're at with these this this product. And you know the issue with VR is so many companies have already invested in the hardware. It's already out there. That how do you? What do you need to do to make this a success? And this got brought up because. Yes, I read the article uh, about VR gaming over before it even started, but Sony came out to uh, announce that it expects 130 more PlayStation VR games out in 2018. And my reaction instantly was, are any of them good? Because I feel right. like, you, you know, you released over 100 in 100, 20, 150. 150 games in uh, 2017. Yep. So it's an additional 68% of games that are going to drop this 68% year. 68% growth, and they believe that's because of the what they call the success of the PlayStation VR. And I go, well, out of 150 games, there's maybe 10 that are good. Like, that's the problem I have with your PlayStation VR, is that there's so much crap out there, or so much just that doesn't work, or so much that makes you sick, that's unplayable, other than 10 minutes at a time, that your product is not viable. And that's when they're like, well... PlayStation VR has 2 million units sold. That's great. It's bol- and it's helped bolster confidence in the product um, and, and made them want to push more on this product. You have sold 70 million PlayStation 4s. Yeah. 2 million sales on a product that needs a PlayStation 4 is... I don't... This is not a victory. This is like... You needed to be like at five or five to ten million would give you that window of saying, yep. yes, we're happy. Five to ten million units at this point. But you're at two million. And that's just systems, you have to realize. Here's how here's how this would have been a victory, Sony, in not only would you have needed more count like V actual VR sales, but then your games have to sell too. I can't even tell you. I can't even count or tell you all of the PlayStation 4 games that I bought in 2017. That's how many I bought. Right. I just don't remember them all. Yeah. I can name off every single one of the PlayStation VR games I had bought in 2017 on half of this hand. Yeah. Because not because they weren't they weren't there. They weren't viable. They weren't worth the money. And so, you know, um, Sony attributes the headset success 
due to the dropping of the price for the, ho- the, the of the, of the unit. So you're, yeah, it's so not you're a two success, million. You're just, yeah. You conned more people yeah. by making a lower price. Yeah. So so can I can I ask a couple questions? Sure. Okay. Can you guys ever remember a, an expensive peripheral that was successful? Because the first thing that comes to my mind is Sega CD. Oh, right. I yeah. looked up the numbers. They sold uh, 2.3 million worldwide. Not a ton. Uh, and it also reminds me a lot of the VR because there's 10 good games for the Sega CD. Right. There's a lot of trash on it, a lot of those FMV games that are terrible. But Sega yeah. CD also never got, got called successful. Correct. 32X, no. I think at the time they thought the Sega CD was successful. 32X was a miserable failure, and everyone admitted that. I think there was a while where the Sega CD was considered not a smash hit, but at least at least a good avenue to go down from Sega's perspective. Yeah. I mean, as far as, you know. And I, then Sega shut down. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, connect, connect did not work that's, well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, and I, yeah. I don't think the Sega CD is great. I own one. I think it kind of sucks. But, um, th- but that's what I'm saying is I can't think of a single add-on to a system. You know, like okay, if you want to consider the light zapper for the Nintendo add-on, it's not expensive. I'm talking like this is you know a $300 headset. That's the cost of a second system. So How about like the glove. Yeah. The, again, the, that thing sucked and that thing was expensive. Rob the robot. Sucked and was expensive. There, I can't think of a single. If someone's in the Discord, give me an example. If someone's in our Twitch chat, please give me an example of a peripheral to a system that was expensive and successful. Because I can't think of one. Yeah, you can, but you also don't. I don't feel like anything like this VR. Like you can't give them an example that was dra- so drastically different of VR versus standard gaming. You know, like it's not like. Sega CD was just, yeah. it was a graphic boost, you know, and a bit boost and all this stuff. Um, this, like, was supposed to traverse you into the game. Well, the Kinect was supposed to make your whole body a controller, and that was a True. big pile of garbage, True. too. Yeah, that was a And that was sort like of that. expensive at launch, too. I so. think they just jumped the gun on it, honestly. Because if you think about it, like, of, of those 150 games that they released in 2017... Probably 125 of them were like little, like blocky, like hex- hexagonal, like tank shooter, or and everything was like way back down to like a bit scale almost in VR. And then the ones that were a success actually took the time to make it an immersive experience. So your Farscape, your Resident Evil Seven, your rigs, yeah, like it, it. By any means, wasn't polished, and there was still a lot of fuzziness to it to me. But being able to sit in a mech and look around and like be in an experience that I couldn't physically be at in my lifetime, I think was cool. Rigs, rigs. When we were playing rigs, we were in love with the VR. The problem is that every single thing that came out after rigs around it was garbage. And so then, but I still had my VR by the time Resident Evil Seven came out, and I go, okay, this is really cool, and I played a lot of. Resident Evil 7 in VR. But the problem is it was one game every three months or whatever. And the 30 games in between each one of those were trash. And I don't necessarily mean graphically. Like, you're right. Like, they're, they're, you know, they're basic block shapes and stuff like that. But you know what? If the game's fun, 
then then you almost don't care, right? Like I play games that are super realistic and awesome, and I play games that are cartoony and ridiculous, mm-hmm. and they're both great. Fortnite is one of our favorite games right now, and it's cartoony and, and ridiculous. I could throw a disco b- grenade at you and make you dance around, and then and kill you. Like yep. it's ridiculous, but it but it's fun. So like you know we we saw things like Farscape, like you're saying. Um, or sorry, Farpoint. It was Farpoint. Far yeah, Farpoint, where we were like, oh my, you know, and and you were getting, you were adding the gun feature into it, and it and it worked really well, and it was really cool, and you're like, man, the potential, the possibilities, all these things, and then everything that came out around it that was a first person shooter style was garbage, and you're just like, so these one guys got it right, and no one else could get it right. Okay, you know, Riggs was cool, but every other like arena shooter or whatever you know thing was garbage and then it's like okay um batman arkham was a cool experience but it was a mini game it wasn't even a full video game you know like the really only full game that you got that was like a real video game was re7 like capcom actually managed to sit down and say you're gonna be able to play the entire game in vr and that was like oh wow but then you get like doom and Gran Turismo that did a good job, but these are games that already exist outside of VR. You're starting right. to you're starting to go down the path of PlayStation Vita. You're starting to go down the path of yes, we have this other platform, we have this other device, but we're afraid to give it anything exclusive. We're afraid to give it anything that's meaningful because there's only a two million unit, infra, you know, infrastructure. And that's the same thing that happened to the Vita. The Vita initially was like, hey, you know, here's these games that are exclusive to the Vita. Just why the DS has, you know, had a life the way it's had, you know, because the DS had games that the Wii U didn't. The DS had games, you know, that the that the Wii didn't, and, and the Game Boy had games that whatever system referenced it didn't. And so, like, Sony has always done this, where they want to have these multiple platforms, but they never want to support them all with exclusive content. PlayStation VR in 2017 is an exact comparison, in opinion by me, of Destiny 2 in 2017. I had all these hopes and dreams and hype of how awesome it was going to be, and it was hot garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know, as far as VR goes, like, I don't think it's done. Like, like, no one, like, there's not people, there's plenty of people that still want to push the um, push that product push that that concept I think the biggest problem is like for Sony you need version 2 of, of PSVR and it needs to be fidelity wise you know visuals need to be greatly improved the screens in it look like my DLP TV they're, they're, they really yeah, do they're, look they're, like my one DLP. reason why your eyes strain and it's hard to it's hard to use is because of those screens if you've ever used an HTC Vive you know how shitty the PlayStation VR is from a visual standpoint the, the Vive is the best thing out there but it's also the most expensive and the most demanding for you know resources as far as the computer you're gonna hook it up to and and it looks like we're about to get an, a, a new version of the Vive announced here probably at CES. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
we what we're bitching about, we may actually see the first version of it where it's like, hey, here's 4K VR. We've 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 you know, it's going to be ten thousand dollars for the headset, <laughs> but here it is. You guys asked for it. It has six GPUs <laughs> built into your head and gives you cancer in three seconds. But it's here, you know. And so <laughs> enjoy. Yeah. But bottom line is, games have to get they have to get prettier. The the support has to be there, and the exclusive features need to be there. Like. Yes, it's cool for me to be able to play Gran Turismo and then throw my throw my VR headset on and race in VR, and then when I don't want to, take it off and race. Like I do like those games that give me the option. But where are the adventure games? Where are the RPGs? Where are like I don't want a 2011 Skyrim VR where I walk up to a tree and it looks like a piece of cardboard cut out. I want Robinson's the journey. I wanted that to be a me that that to me was like, oh my god, I'm gonna love this game. I'm gonna play the whole thing, and then I threw and the up. Ga- and I then threw the, yeah. up 15 minutes in, and, and I was the, like, I'm yeah. never playing this again. The problem, and I was, couldn't play it anywhere else. Exactly. The problem was it looked pretty, and it played pretty, and it was everything you want out of your VR. It just made you sick as hell. Yeah. That that was the problem with that game. Yeah. Is even it's like Jaws Unleashed. Looks pretty, <laughs> plays pretty, no, makes you sick no, as hell. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, no. Nope. Uh. No, that's not but happening. But in the end, I have hope for VR, and the reason I kept my VR is because I have that hope for it. I'm hoping that some, they're going to do something with it and put something out that I'm going to enjoy. Plus, I kind of wanted one of us to keep it so that if they ever do come out with something cool, we don't have to go scrambling around looking for. It. I mean, probably that we wouldn't have. Yeah, the problem have to look hard, but yeah, the problem with the PlayStation VR is that every time I think about adding one back to my collection, I I sit here and I go. Yeah, I'd like to see what Doom's like in VR. Yeah, I'd like to dabble with Skyrim in VR. Yeah, I guess I'd like to race a few races on Gran Turismo in VR. But then I go, huh, I don't want to play any games in VR. I don't, I don't want to play this game, which is only available on VR, only in VR. Like, that's not it. I just want right. I want these, like, snippets of experience, and then I go, it's not worth 300, $200 to $300 for the VR. It's a lot like... Man, I really want to play this game on Wii, but I don't really want to use motion controls, so yeah. I guess I'm not going to buy it on the Wii. There's, 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 there's points the motion controls are really cool and really fun, but you don't always want to have to wave your hand at the TV to do things. The difference with that is that was five, six years into the Wii. Yeah. This is one year into the VR That's headset. That's true. That's super yeah. true. And it's also the headset was more than the Wii. That's also true. So, like, for me, it's like you are 100% accurate with that statement. Yeah. Is that by the time of the end of Wii, I was like, you know, I just really want a normal controller back in my hand. But <laughs> that was years after I owned multiple Wiis and enjoyed playing a, a very successful system. The problem here is that this thing's been out for 12 months, and I don't want one anymore. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And the problem with the Wii is it te- normally wasn't, like, the gameplay. Like, oh, here's this game, and you have to use the motion controls. That normally didn't piss me off. It was... Later on in the Wii's life, I hated having to do all the shit with the goddamn oh, UI on it. It's like, I don't want to point, and then and yeah. it's like you got to hold your hand steady enough to click the little button <laughs> yeah. that you have to click, and it's like, just give me something where I could like hit the D-pad and scroll to where I want to go, activate the game, and then use the motion control. Then I was fine with it. Yeah. I remember just thinking, like, this is it. This is going to be the next evolution in shooters. And that's why I bought Far Cry. And I'm sitting there on, like, a little 13-inch TV and, like, have to, like, move my hand a millimeter to point because I'm playing on a TV that's too small. I was like, I have grossly over-anticipated everything <laughs> about this. <laughs> oh, man. And that's how I feel about VR. We've grossly over-anticipated everything about it. Yeah, absolutely. 
<sighs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's been my our, our news topics uh, this week. So. Got to give a shout out to the Twitch chat. Yeah. Uh, some of our people in the t- Twitch chat, including uh, you know Chops and uh, Sashin and Brutish One, threw out We Fitboard as a successive. Yeah, that uh, was a that, successful yeah. peripheral. That was like eighty nine ninety nine bucks, something yeah. like that. So I'd call that kind of expensive, and it worked. Uh, the entire Rock Band kit, undeniably successful. Yeah. Couple hundred dollars. That's a good call out. Um, and I think uh, someone threw out Fight Sticks. I don't. Fight Stick isn't a mass marketed yeah. peripheral. It's a niche controller yep. for a hardcore community. I mean, it's the little, same thing with the, little bit like, different. the Elite controller from Microsoft. Co- correct. It's a hundred and fifty dollar yeah. controller. Yeah. It's super successful, but it's that's a niche market. Yeah. This is a whole you know the Wii Fit board, whole other platform. Yeah. The, you the know, thing the, about VR is that they want. A VR headset on every one of their owners of a PS4. Correct. They like that's what they want. You so. know, no one at Sony's expecting every person to buy a fight stick. Yeah. Yeah. So Mad Cats would love. It. Oh, Mad Cats is out of business, right? No, no, they're coming back. They're coming back. Mad Making Cats would love it if every person owned a fight stick. Yeah, so. Mad Cats is coming back. But I think they're PC only uh, for for the time at least. Uh, as they as they relaunch, they're going to be bringing back the Rat Mouse, uh, some keyboard options, and uh, yeah, it, they're owned by a new company and they're rebranded into like uh, Mad Cats something something. Yeah. Like it's it's a little bit of a longer name. As long it's as it's like not Atari, Razor, right? probably good stuff. Like a <laughs> oh, Atari like. Uh, <laughs> Razor's trash. Just like how Atari got bought out and, and, and is owned by somebody else now. So, All right. Razor is trash. I'm sure that mouse is all right. I'm just salty about the <laughs> headphones. And there was something else that was Razor that I touched that just felt like it came from the dollar store. But I'm sure I'm sure the keyboards and mice are fine. I'm not going to sit here and speak like I know about that. Yeah. But I just know that. Their, uh, their new mouses or their new phones actually uh, been getting decent reviews. It looks cool. And I yeah. even said that. I was like, oh, it looks cool. But the, the Razor as a company has failed to impress me. Yep. If I got that phone in my hands, I might change my tune a little bit. But yeah, I know the head the headset really upset you. I yeah, gotcha. we all know that I get really upset about really minor things forever. That's true. All right, let's get into uh, some esports news. Well, that was unusual. It's uh, oh, okay. To summoners, <laughs> this is a little bit risky. Oh my God, Freiburg! Are you kidding me? Ambition steals the Elder Dragon. Oh, let's break it! Damn! Welcome to Esports News. We are here in this jam-packed GameZilla Media arena. I can barely hear you. The crowd's going wild Shut for up, their favorite upcoming esports star, the Dead Eye Night. I'm turning the screen off. We're all getting way too excited. <laughs> All right, well, we do have big news because everyone's favorite League of Legends streamer is back today. Tyler1 no, officially no. starts streaming League of Legends again. That's right. Nope. His nope. ban was lifted following the seemingly miraculous unbanning of the infamous Tyler Tyler1 from League of Legends last week. The form, former most toxic player in NA will be streaming the game on his Twitch channel today at 3 p.m. Central Time. According to his Twitter announcement, he is live now, and he has 160,000 people watching him. No, no, you're all <laughs> so this. So this teaches you one thing. Be a piece of shit. Be the worst, the worst you can be. 
It'll all work out in No, no, that's not fair because I've been doing that forever and I'm still here with you guys. Doesn't well, work for everyone, true. I guess. It should be working for me. I have to be worse than that guy. I mean, you are a sociopath. We have talked about this many times. <laughs> so Tyler you probably One, should be good friends with Tyler One. You could be besties. No. He's not on my level. Yeah. Tyler One was indefinitely banned from League in the spring of 2016, so it's been a better part of two years since he's walked on Summoner's Rift as a free man. Of course, he has tried on numerous alternate accounts to play and stream the game since then, but ultimately Riot weeded them out and banned all of them too. Well done, Riot. Essentially, he was basically just being super toxic of a player and uh, was calling out some of the casters of the LCS for North America. And uh, Riot basically said, you're banned indefinitely. And then um, after 113 days of intense rehab, I am finally unbanned from League of Legends, quoted from Tyler1. <sighs> so my question in the stream is, should a toxic player that was banned indefinitely be allowed to come back to the game? I mean, I guess if you're banned, like... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. Like, it's tough. It's tough when you think about you know this particular individual. But I think like if you were terrible and you got banned and you went th- here's the thing you went through whatever it is you needed to as far as like you know take this class, write this letter, do this, do these things. You know that's the only way we're gonna lift your ban. And you did them. Like I do believe in the whole second chance thing. You know, but if you come back. And you're just as bad, or you're being a dickhole in a different way, then I think you're banned and you're done. Like, you get one shot, you're done. It's over. I say, screw them. There's consequences to your actions. This guy's a dick, and he was banned, and Riot should stick to their guns and keep this douchebag banned. Let him go play something else. The community for League of Legends is so toxic, I have no interest in ever being part of it. And that's probably because douchebags like him are famous for being like that. Yeah. So so let him go play some other game. Let him go whack off to pictures of himself. I don't really care, but he has no place being made famous on Twitch, and he has no place in the gaming community. Screw him. So what if I were to tell you that there was another person who was maybe not as bad or as toxic as Tyler One, but right up there, was banned and then brought back, rehabilitated, and is now one of the best NALCS players that the league has. No, because there's consequences. If he was an asshole, he should have been kept out because there's plenty of other people that could come up and are decent people and play League of Legends. I wouldn't even support a team that had the... What team is this guy on? It would be C9's Jensen. Jensen, screw him. <laughs> Guess what? I'm not going to root for C9 if they have some cocksucker on their team. I'm not interested. But look at this guy. He's dressed up as Draven. I don't know who Draven is, but he probably sucks too. <laughs> he's, he's the guy yeah. he's playing right now. He's, he, he is finally, pretty terrible. Somebody yeah. allowed no, him if to this play guy's Draven. a dick, I don't know what makes him a dick. But if he's a dick and he was banned, he should be banned and just let someone else have his spot. Let someone else have his platform. Support good people. 
I'm probably just advocating for people to not support me, but that's fine. You heard it, Twitch stream. <laughs> All of our fans of GameZilla Media, you can contact me at info. At <laughs> <laughs> just let me know that you think that Ethan is a toxic part of the show. We will go ahead and ban him indefinitely and yep. take care of this problem. Yep, yep. I'm toxic. I'm what's wrong with everything. So, so I, I think there's consequences. People have to live by those consequences. Yeah. I can see both sides of the story. I do lean a little bit more towards um, Grim side just because I think like, yeah, give him another shot, but only one. Has he been a dick since he's come back? Uh, it depends on what you consider a dick. Okay, there's a certain... Okay, if you're a competitive esports player, I'm fine with moxie. I'm fine with bravado. I'm fine with brashness. If it's directed at other players and it's within the realm of appropriate, but it's just being cocky, it's it's your persona, it's part of the esport, great. If you're doing things that are derogatory, uh, racist, or you know, isol- and that isolates the fans to a point that it's not positive, I'd call that an asshole move, and he should be out. So, yeah, borderline, borderline. You I got mean, examples for me? Little, I'll, I'll, t- bit, I'll take his ass to snake court. The little oh, snake court. The little <laughs> bit that uh, that you've that you've watched, I'd say he's. Himself, he's himself, but, but he's, he's not. He's not doing what he was doing within League of Legends. Yes, in the game, he's not doing what he was doing. Okay, in the stream, he's being a character. Okay, and in that stream, you know, we've we've witnessed him be an asshole. You know, like, but but at the same time, you can go find streamers that that's their that's their persona. That's that's what they like to do. So as long as I feel like you're not, he's not actually like deteriorating the game he is playing, I'm more okay with it. I can agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. If he's not hurting if he's not hurting the League of Legends community or yeah. his team, then you know, I guess. Yeah. And the little bit of it that I was watching earlier, it was very much like before he would just start lashing out and like calling out actual people at Riot. Versus now he's just kind of giving his opinions. He's saying like, hey, I don't really like these changes. These aren't for me, but I'm going to work with them. And then like this system right here is great. Way to go, Riot. This is the best, you know, because he was talking about the loot box system. Like this is the best loot box system in any game I've ever had to deal with. Way to go. Yeah. He's also sucking lots, sucking up to a lot of people. He's a sellout. (laughs) Hey, they let him back. So he's got to be, he's got to behave. I want to know what you... Because you know he's making a shit ton of money yeah. right now, so I know. you got to behave. Yep. You're giving yep. a bad person a platform. But you won't give Games Done Quickly $5. That's what I'm saying. There's probably a ton of people who sub to this guy's channel. He's not helping anyone with cancer. He is a cancer. I just thought about this. You know what? I'm flipping sides. Thank you. Fuck Tyler. Thank one. you. <laughs> Think of all the terrible people that have platforms. And Huge fuck platforms. Deadite too. Yeah. This guy needs to be off this platform. I deserve it. Oh, I want to know what you, the fans, have to say. So hop into that Discord. There is the League of Legends channel, and doesn't necessarily have to be about Tyler One or a League streamer in general. Just throw into that Discord channel uh, how you feel about like toxic players or anybody that's been banned in any game if they should be allowed to come back to the game. Yeah, that's been it from Gamezilla Media Arena. We're gonna get back to the games. Yeah. I don't know why he keeps screaming. We're in our own booth up here. Soundproof. Oh. 
You guys didn't tell me that before we started broadcasting. We got you a nice microphone, and you're over there screaming into it like you're a sideline reporter. <sighs> All right. Well, that's been eSports. We don't have any uh, muster bust this week because there's not a whole lot going on right now. It's January, and all the good games have already come out, so we got to wait a little bit. But uh, there, I guess muster bust, there is, uh, we don't need the sound for it, but there is some good sales going on in the eShop for the Switch right now. For It's the Nindy Indies. Ooh, I need uh, to go. It's going on throughout this uh, whole week and weekend. So, yeah, if you're looking for a couple games to pick up and add to your Switch, they have some decent sales. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll keep. PlayStation has their last week, right? Isn't that this week? Yeah, this week. There's a lot on sale. Yeah. Yeah. There is a ton of stuff ranging some really good prices. If you, if you haven't logged onto your PlayStation in a couple of weeks, you get on there. You might find a game that you were kind of itching to play, uh, you know, for like 12, you know, 15 bucks, something that would be normally 40 or 50. Absolutely. All right, and then uh, Jazzy, remind people how they can uh, be part of be part of this. How you can, can they go. be part of this and not, not Tyler this. One? Go to patreon.com slash Gamezilla Media. Start your patronage today. You will get great things like personal hate notes written to you from Deadite himself. Yeah. I'll handwrite them. I'll let you know why I hate you. And uh, I will seal it with a fart. Wow. Man, I need to sign up for this. <laughs> Premium perk. <laughs> Top tier. We just gained 25 patrons in the last 13 I'll seconds. Se- I'll send you hate mail. You can send me hate mail. I'll instantly be like, now I get it. Now I get why Tyler 1 is Tyler 1. Yep. Like, like yeah. we, all, we, we, offer great, we offer great things. No one wants them. We offer a fart inside of an envelope with a hate note. Yeah. Everybody signs up. I don't get it. You're welcome. <laughs> You'll get great things like early access to this and other shows at GameZilla Media. You'll get put into the drawing for Game of the Month. You'll get tenured rewards. You'll get, uh, you know, possibly a new show for Noobs and Dragons. I can't confirm or deny, but confirmed. Also confirmed. Coming soon. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. May already be recorded. All right, well, uh, let's uh, also... Yeah, the prospect of someday having <laughs> Steven and the Snake, the hottest potential Patreon-exclusive show featuring uh, me and the Legend of Retro's sometimes host, Steven. So just throwing that out there, it could happen if enough money is raised on Patreon. Not Steven's sure. high price. We should set a goal for that, actually. Yeah, set a, goal. a goal. You can get a, an I'll episode of Steven and the Snake. I'll set a goal for it. Yeah, yeah Steven and the Snake. Yeah, yeah. Let's, set, let's set a goal. I, I Not think, confirmed. Goal coming soon. Yeah, let's let's try it. All right. Uh, and it's going to be glorious if it happens. Jedi, remind everybody of our great sponsor. So Tyler won and that other jerk off, I don't even remember his name because I don't care. They're terrible Jedi. people. You know <laughs> me. You know who's an awesome person? The guy that runs Detroit Beer Collective, and that's why I'm shouting out Detroit Beer Collective right now. They're our amazing sponsor that helps us bring you the GameZilla podcast every single week. Go to DetroitBeardCollective.com. Order a beard crate, the best way in the world to get beard supplies sent right to your home. Use the checkout code MCGAMING to save 20% orders $25 or more. That is DetroitBeardCollective.com. How you doing, Matt? Those were the best sponsor plugs he's ever done. You want to know why? Because he literally wore a shirt to make it look like he was just a floating beard. Yeah, that's true. That's a good idea. We should have just painted his face green, too. 
Just a beard. Just talking beard. <laughs> just a beard. Another Patreon milestone. <laughs> I will paint my face green and just be a talking beard for an episode if we reach a certain dollar. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'll start doing weird things for money. Now we're coming up with clever ideas. Yeah. Now we're thinking. In high school, I used to kick myself in the face for a dollar at a time. <laughs> Would you do it still? Okay. I can't. He g- still does. That's no, no. The last know. time I tried to do it, L told me I, if I could, if I could still do it, I could just go straight to Best Buy and buy a video game. No financial repercussions from our budget. And I was like, yes. And I couldn't do it anymore. I have too much of a belly. So if I slim down like 10 or 15 pounds, I might be able to get back to kicking myself in the face. So goal for Ethan to lose weight. Then another goal above that to kick himself in the face. Yeah. 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 I like it. I like it. Or I could just set a goal for whoever donates the most can just kick you in the face. Ooh. And now we're talking. Yeah, now we're super little sweet chin music right to my old uh, beard here. All right, well, uh, <laughs> Jazzy, Jerry, let, let us know about uh, some other some other podcasts that people uh, can get excited about. The Legend of Retro, which, you know, every Thursday, everywhere you can listen to us. Uh, Noobs and Dragons, every Wednesday, everywhere you can listen to us. And, of course, if you're not getting enough GameZilla podcast, GameZilla Alpha. Every Sunday, get your extra dose of Zilla activity. Love it. Health right. prevent diarrhea, Zilla activity. Yep. Stream stream team is still uh, being built out. I, I believe the community actually exists now, guys. You mean the dream team, stream team? Yeah, dream team, stream team. Number one like in the world, it. baby. But yeah, you're going to be able to watch people like myself, Grimlock the Dino, The Glitch, Testonomic, Sheriff of Patty, Loco, uh, Jazzy Fiddle, Cable2KX. There's a bunch of people streaming all under their accounts, all <laughs> under the GameZilla community. So you're Not gonna, me, I'd get banned. Yeah, no, yeah, you're off limits. <laughs> you're going to, yeah. We already Every know the road. We, are, we, already know, we already know the road we would be going down there. <sighs> but um, you're, you're going to be able to now search on Twitch for GameZilla Media uh, community. And you'll actually be able to follow that as, you know, you can follow the individuals. And I, and I highly recommend you do that. But you can follow the community and you, that way you can see what anybody's doing as a whole in a group. So it's pretty cool. Uh, that is live and we'll be getting uh, more like integrated with all the streamers here in the next couple of days. But stream teams, all that info can be found on Twitch on the, on the individual channels. Or uh, you can head on over to GameZillaMedia.com and take a look as well. The... Um, Giveaway this month is a giveaway from myself and Sheriff of Patty. We are um, going to be giving away a copy of Monster Hunter World. So Monster Hunter World comes out January 26th. If you scroll down right here live on this show, you'll see a banner for it. Um, Otherwise, you can uh, get access on the website uh, through any through my my own channel or through Sheriff's channel. So that the collaboration this time is an individual. uh, individual collaboration so as I try to continue to grow my channel a little bit also that was kind of how he went with it and so this month it'll be me next month we'll get back to GameZilla <laughs> me so yeah um, promoting yourself I'm okay with it yeah you know it's important man I gotta get away from you guys somehow yeah you're gonna give me heart problems good luck we made a deal about those coattails about a decade ago that's so true. you can get that's as far true. away from me as you want I'll be riding your coattails to success that's true that's true <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for hanging on episode 190 of the GameZilla podcast. Oh, anything else anybody needs to say before we uh, head out of here? Nope. Okay. Just remember, no. just remember, we are the elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on. on. 
Do you guys really think I'm that toxic? You're worse than him. <laughs> <laughs> You're worse. We should stream raid Tyler one. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs>